Book Five, Part Four of On the Nature of Things by Titus Lucretius Carus, translated by William Ellery Leonard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Daniel Vermont. Book Five, Part Four. Formation of the World and Astronomical Questions. But in what modes that conflux of first stuff did found the multitudinous universe of earth and sky and the unfathomed deeps of ocean and courses of the sun and moon i'll now in order tell for of a truth neither by counsel did the primal germs establish themselves as by keen act of mind each in its proper place nor did they make forsooth a compact how each germ should move but lo because primordials of things many in many modes astir by blows from immemorial aeons in motion too by their own weights have evermore been wont to be so borne along and in all modes to meet together and to try all sorts which by combining one with other they are powerful to create because of this it comes to pass that those primordials diffused far and wide through mighty aeons the while they unions try and motions too of every kind meet at the last amain and so become oft the commencements fit of mighty things earth sea and sky and race of living creatures in that long ago the wheel of the sun could nowhere be discerned flying far up with its abounding blaze nor constellations of the mighty world nor ocean nor heaven nor even earth nor air nor aught of things like unto things of ours could then be seen but only some strange storm and a prodigious hurly-burly mass compounded of all kinds of primal germs whose battling discords in disorder kept interstices and paths coherencies and weights and blows encounterings and motions because by reason of their forms unlike and varied shapes they could not all thus wise remain conjoined nor harmoniously have interplay of movements but from there portions began to fly asunder and like with like to join and to block out a world and to divide its members and dispose its mightier parts that is to set secure the lofty heavens from the lands and cause the sea to spread with waters separate and fires of ether separate and pure likewise to congregate apart for lo first came together the earthy particles as being heavy and intertangled there in the mid region and all began to take the lowest abodes and ever the more they got one with another intertangled the more they pressed from out their mass those particles which were to form the sea the stars the sun and moon and ramparts of the mighty world for these consist of seeds more smooth and round and of much smaller elements than earth and thus it was that ether 
fraught with fire, first broke away from out the earthen parts, through the innumerable pores of earth, and raised itself aloft, and with itself bore lightly off the many starry fires. And not far otherwise we often see, and the still lakes and the perennial streams exhale a mist, and even as earth herself is seen at times to smoke, when first at dawn the light of the sun, the many-rayed, begins to redden into gold, over the grass begemmed with dew. When all of these are brought together overhead, the clouds on high, with now concreted body, weave a cover beneath the heavens. And thuswise ether too, light and diffusive, with concreted body on all sides spread, on all sides bent itself into a dome, and far and wide diffused on unto every region on all sides, thus hedged all else within its greedy clasp. Hard upon ether came the origins of sun and moon, whose globes revolve in air midway between the earth and mightiest ether, for neither took them since they weighed too little to sink and settle, but too much to glide along the utmost shores. And yet they are in such a wise midway between the twain as ever to whirl their living bodies round, and ever to dure as parts of the wide whole. In the same fashion as certain members may in us remain at rest, whilst others move. When, then, these substances had been withdrawn, amain the earth, where now extend the vast cerulean zones of all the level seas, caved in, and down along the hollows poured the whirlpools of her brine, and day by day the more the tides of ether and rays of sun on every side constrained into one mass the earth by lashing it again, again, upon its outer edges, so that then being thus beat upon, t'was all condensed about its proper centre. Ever the more the salty sweat from out its body squeezed, augmented ocean and the fields of foam by seeping through its frame, and all the more those many particles of heat and air escaping began to fly aloft and form by condensation there afar from earth the high refulgent circuits of the heavens. The plains began to sink, and windy slopes of the high mountains to increase, for rocks could not subside, nor all the parts of ground settle alike to one same level there. Thus, then, the massy weight of earth stood firm with now concreted body, when, as twere, all of the slime of the world, heavy and gross, had run together and settled at the bottom like lees or bilge then ocean then the air then ether herself the fraught with fire were all left with their liquid bodies pure and free and each more lighter than the next below and ether most light and liquid of the three floats on above the long aerial winds nor with the brawling of the winds of air mingles its liquid body it doth leave all there, those under-realms, below her heights, there to be overset in whirlwinds wild. 
doth leave all there to brawl in wayward gusts whilst gliding with a fixed impulse still itself it bears its fires along for lo that ether can flow thus steadily on on with one unaltered urge the pontus proves that sea which floweth forth with fixed tides keeping one onward tenor as it glides and that the earth may there abide at rest in the mid-region of the world it needs must vanish bit by bit in weight and lessen and have another substance underneath conjoined to it from its earliest age in linked unison with the vasty world's realms of the air in which it roots and lives on this account the earth is not a load nor presses down on winds of air beneath even as unto a man his members be without all weight the head is not a load unto the neck nor do we feel the whole weight of the body to centre in the feet but whatso weights come on us from without weights laid upon us these harass and chafe though often far lighter for to such degree it matters always what the innate powers of any given thing may be the earth was then no alien substance fetched amain and from no alien firmament cast down on alien air but was conceived like air in the first origin of this the world as a fixed portion of the same as now our members are seen to be a part of us besides the earth when of a sudden shook by the big thunder doth with her motion shake all that's above her which she ne'er could do by any means were earth not bounden fast unto the great world's realms of air and sky for they cohere together with common roots conjoined both even from their earliest age in linked unison ay seest thou not that this most subtle energy of soul supports our body though so heavy a weight because indeed tis with it so conjoined in linked unison what power in some can raise with agile leap our body aloft save energy of mind which steers the limbs now seest thou not how powerful may be a subtle nature when conjoined it is with heavy body as air is with the earth conjoined and energy of mind with us now let us sing what makes the stars to move in first place if the mighty sphere of heaven revolveth round then needs we must aver that on the upper and the under pole presses a certain air and from without confines them and encloseth at each end and that moreover another air above streams on athwart the top of the sphere and tends in same direction as are rolled along the glittering stars of the eternal world or that another still streams on below to whirl the sphere from under up and on in opposite direction as we see the rivers turn the wheels and water scoops it may be also 
that the heavens do all remain at rest, whilst yet are borne along the lucid constellations, either because swift tides of ether are by sky enclosed and whirl around seeking a passage out, and everywhere make roll the starry fires through the Samanian regions of the sky, or else because some air streaming along from an eternal quarter off beyond whileth the driven fires or then because the fires themselves have power to creep along going wherever their food invites and calls and feeding their flaming bodies everywhere throughout the sky yet which of these is cause in this our world tis hard to say for sure but what can be throughout the universe in divers worlds on divers plan create this only do i show and follow on to assign unto the motions of the stars even several causes which tis possible exist throughout the universal all of which yet one must be the cause even here which maketh motion for our constellations yet to decide which one of them it be is not the least the business of a man advancing step by cautious step as i nor can the sun's wheel larger be by much nor its own blaze much less than either seems unto our senses for from what so spaces fires have the power on us to cast their beams and blow their scorching exhalations forth against our members those same distances take nothing by those intervals away from bulk of flames and to the sight the fire is nothing shrunken therefore since the heat and the outpoured light of skyey sun arrive our senses and caress our limbs form too and bigness of the sun must look even here from earth just as they really be so that thou canst scarce nothing take or add and whether the journeying moon illuminate the regions round with bastard beams or throw from off her proper body her own light whichever it be she journeys with a form not larger than the form doth seem to be which we with eyes of ours perceive for all the far-removed objects of our gaze seem through much air confused in their look ere minished in their bigness wherefore moon since she presents bright look and clear-cut form may there on high by us on earth be seen just as she is with extreme bounds defined and just of the size and lastly whatso fires of ether thou from earth beholdest these thou mayest consider as possibly of size the least bit less or larger by a hair than they appear since whatso fires we view here in the lands of earth are seen to change from time to time their size to less or more only the least when more or less away so long as still they bicker clear and still their glows perceived nor need there be for men astonishment that yonder sun so small can yet send forth so great a light 
as fills oceans and all the lands and sky a flood, and with its fiery exhalations steeps the world at large. For it may be indeed that one vast-flowing wellspring of the whole wide world from here hath opened and outgushed and shot its light abroad, because thuswise the elements of fiery exhalations from all the world around together come, and thuswise flow into a bulk so big that from one single fountainhead may stream this heat and light. And seest thou not, indeed, how widely one small water-spring may wet the meadow-lands at times, and flood the fields? Tis even possible, besides, that heat from forth the sun's own fire, albeit that fire be not a great, may permeate the air with the fierce hot, if but perchance the air be of condition and so tempered then as to be kindled, even when beat upon only by little particles of heat. Just as we sometimes see the standing grain or stubble straw in conflagration all from one lone spark. And possibly the sun, agleam on high with rosy lampion, possesses about him with invisible heats a plenteous fire, by no effulgence marked, so that he maketh he, the fraught with fire, increase to such degree the force of rays. Nor is there one sure cause revealed to men how the sun journeys from his summer haunts on to the midmost winter turning points in Capricorn, the thence reverting veers back to solstitial goals of cancer. Nor how tis the moon is seen each month to cross that very distance which in traversing the sun consumes the measure of a year. I say no one clear reason hath been given for these affairs, yet chief in likelihood seemeth the doctrine which the holy thought of great Democritus lays down, that ever the nearer the constellations be to earth, the less can they, by whirling of the sky, be borne along, because those skyey powers of speed aloft do vanish and decrease in under-regions, and the sun is thus left by degrees behind amongst those signs that follow after, since the sun he lies far down below the starry signs that blaze, and the moon lags even tardier than the sun in just so far as is her course removed from upper heaven and nigh unto the lands in just so far she fails to keep the pace with starry signs above for just so far as feebler is the world that bears her on being indeed still lower than the sun in just so far do all the starry signs circling around o'ertake her and o'erpass Therefore it happens that the moon appears more swiftly to return to any sign along the zodiac than doth the sun, because those signs do visit her again more swiftly than they visit the great sun. It can be also that two streams of air alternately at fixed periods blow out from transverse regions of the world, 
of which the one may thrust the sun away from summer signs to midmost winter goals and rigors of the cold and the other then may cast him back from icy shades of chill even to the heat-fraught regions and the signs that blaze along the zodiac so too we must suppose the moon and all the stars which through the mighty and sidereal years roll round in mighty orbits may be sped by streams of air from regions alternate seest thou not also how the clouds be sped by contrary winds to regions contrary the lower clouds diversely from the upper then why may yonder stars in ether there along their mighty orbits not be borne by currents opposite the one to other but night o'erwhelms the lands with vasty murk either when sun after his diurnal course hath walked the ultimate regions of the sky and wearily hath panted forth his fires shivered by their long journeying and wasted by traversing the multitudinous air or else because the self-same force that drave his orb along above the lands compels him then to turn his course beneath the lands matuta also at a fixed hour spreadeth the roseate morning out along the coasts of heaven and deploys the light either because the self-same sun returning under the lands aspires to seize the sky striving to set it blazing with his rays ere he himself appear or else because fires then will congregate and many seeds of heat are wont even at a fixed time to stream together gendering evermore new suns and light just so the story goes that from the Edean mountain-tops are seen dispersed fires upon the break of day which thence combine as twere into one ball and form an orb nor yet in these affairs is aught for wonder that these seeds of fire can thus together stream at time so fixed and shape anew the splendour of the sun for many facts we see which come to pass at fixed time in all things virgin shrubs at fixed time and at a fixed time they cast their flowers and eld commands the teeth that time is surely fixed to drop away and youth commands the growing boy to bloom with a soft down and let from both his cheeks the soft beard fall and lastly thunderbolts snow rains clouds winds at seasons of the year nowise unfixed all do come to pass for where even from their old primordial start causes have ever worked in such a way and where even from the world's first origin thus wise have things befallen so even now after a fixed order they come round in sequence also likewise days may wax whilst the nights wane and daylight minished be whilst nights do take their augmentations either because the self-same sun coursing under the lands and over in two arcs a longer and a briefer doth dispart the coasts of ether and divides in twain his orbit all unequally and adds as round he's borne unto the one half there 
as much as from the other half he's ta'en until he then arrives that sign of heaven where the year's node renders the shades of night equal unto the periods of light for when the sun is midway on his course between the blasts of north wind and of south heaven keeps his two goals parted equally by virtue of the fixed position old of the whole starry zodiac through which that sun in winding onward takes a year illumining the sky and all the lands with oblique light as men declare to us who by their diagrams have charted well those regions of the sky which be adorned with the arranged signs of zodiac or else because in certain parts the air under the lands is denser the tremulous bright beams of fire do waver tardily nor easily can penetrate that air nor yet emerge unto their rising place for this it is that nights in winter time do linger long ere comes the many rayed round badge of the day or else because as said in alternating seasons of the year fires now more quick and now more slow are wont to stream together the fires which make the sun to rise in some one spot therefore it is that those men seem to speak the truth who hold a new sun is with each new daybreak born the moon she possibly doth shine because struck by the rays of sun and day by day may turn unto our gaze her light the more she doth recede from orb of sun until facing him opposite across the world she hath with full effulgence gleamed abroad and at her rising as she soars above hath there observed his setting thence likewise she needs must hide as twere her light behind by slow degrees the nearer now she glides along the circle of the zodiac from her far place toward fires of yonder sun as those men hold who feign the moon to be just like a ball and to pursue a course betwixt the sun and earth there is again some reason to suppose that moon may roll with light her very own and thus display the varied shapes of her resplendence there for near her is percase another body invisible because devoid of light borne on and gliding all along with her which in three modes may block and blot her disk again she may revolve upon herself like to a ball's sphere if perchance that be one half of her dyed o'er with glowing light and by the revolution of that sphere she may beget for us her varying shapes until she turns that fiery part of her full to the sight and open eyes of men thence by slow stages round and back she whirls withdrawing thus the luminiferous part of her sphered mass and ball as verily the babylonian doctrine of chaldees refuting the art of greek astrologers labors in opposition to prove sure as if forsooth the thing for which each fights might not alike be true 
or aught there were wherefore thou mightest risk embracing one more than the other notion then again why a new moon might not forevermore created be with fixed successions there of shapes and with configurations fixed and why each day that bright created moon might not miscarry and another be in its stead and place engendered anew tis hard to show by reason or by words to prove absurd since lo so many things can be create with fixed successions springtime and venus come and venus boy the winged harbinger steps on before and hard on zephyr's footprints mother flora sprinkling the ways before them filleth all with colours and with odours excellent whereafter follows arid heat and he companioned is by ceres dusty one and by the atasian breezes of the north then cometh autumn on and with him steps lord bacchus and then other seasons too and other winds do follow the high roar of great volturnus and the south wind strong with thunderbolts at last earth's shortest day bears on to men the snows and brings again the numbing cold and winter follows her his teeth with chills a chatter therefore tis the less a marvel if at fixed time a moon is thus begotten and again at fixed time destroyed since things so many can come to being thus at fixed time likewise the sun's eclipses and the moon's far occultations rightly thou mayest deem as due to several causes for indeed why should the moon be able to shut out earth from the light of sun and on the side to earthward thrust her high head under sun opposing dark orb to his glowing beams and yet at same time one supposed the effect could not result from some one other body which glides devoid of light forevermore again why could not sun in weakened state at fixed time forelose his fires and then when he has passed on along the air beyond the regions hostile to his flames that quench and kill his fires why could not he renew his light and why should earth in turn have power to rob the moon of light and there herself on high keep the sun hid beneath whilst the moon glideth in her monthly course through the rigid shadows of the cone and yet at same time some one other body not have the power to underpass the moon or glide along above the orb of sun breaking his rays and outspread light asunder and still if moon herself refulgent be with her own sheen why could she not at times in some one quarter of the mighty world grow weak and weary whilst she passeth through regions unfriendly to the beams her own end of book 5 part 4 recording by daniel vermont osaka japan